up, shoddies? And welcome to the house. My name is Caleb Confusioni, and alongside me today are my wonderful co-hosts, Mr. Caleb Prozy mm -hmm. and Mr. Naaman Smith. Today Ooh. we're going to dive into all the latest and greatest sports talk around the world. Uh, we have a big weekend to talk about, uh, the NFL divisional round in the playoffs. We got some diamond sports from our diamond sports expert, Mr. Naaman Smith. And today yeah. we have a special guest with us, someone who we've been longing to have on the show for a really long time. And I'll let Naaman introduce her. Yeah, yeah. So we have Liv. Uh, yeah, I'd love to, we'd love to learn about where you're from, where you go to school. There's, you know, that's important. And then who your favorite two sporting teams are and a weird or fun fact about yourself. Um, my name is Olivia. I am born and raised in Tampa, Florida, and I go to Florida State. Um, my favorite, my two favorite sports teams are the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm -hmm. And Diversity there. Yeah, uh -huh. Fun fact about myself is that. I actually won a scholarship from the Tampa Bay Bucks. So. Sheesh. Wow. Okay. Wow. Did it come with any cool merch, or was it just it money? Did. I like got to play the football, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I got assigned to Mike Evans' jersey. Wow. So I glasses. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. How many times has Mike Evans like done the Saints dirty, Caleb? Uh, you mean how many times have him and Mar Marshawn Lattimore almost killed each other? <laughs> yes. Because can't even count. So, yeah. That's a, that's a rough relationship. But yeah, we're happy to have Liv on, uh, or Olivia, this week. And uh, so the question of the week, I will just get into that. So a genie grants you a wish, but it has to be for someone else. So who and what are you granting the wish for? Uh, do you want me to start? Okay, I'll... Yeah, you can start. I have not thought about the question, but okay. I can go, yeah. I can go. Me. Uh, yeah, 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 we got it. Yeah. I know what I want. Yeah. So if I had a genie come to me and say, Caleb, you can wish for something, but it will be for someone else. Mm -hmm. I 150% would wish that Doug Peterson, the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, would lead the team to win a Super Bowl next year. Why'd you stop at one? Because, I don't know, I didn't know we could wish for multiple. <laughs> Well, you could say, like, I wish that we he won three in the next four years. It's okay. But just yeah, a, a Super Bowl would satisfy yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, but yes, okay. Doug Peterson, I wish you to be the best leader ever. That's fair. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. He's not already? He is. He is. He just is <laughs> the first year of coaching. So true, give him a little true. bit. Because also that wish also helps millions of people. All the Jags fans, too. Biggest city in the nation. Yes. Jacksonville, so, Florida. I guess mine, since I'm, an, I'm a big Auburn fan, would be that we would get a year like the Cam Newton year again, the 2010 year. Mm -hmm. And I would be close mm -hmm. enough to Auburn that I'd be able to go to a game. Mm -hmm. And that Auburn would kick Georgia and Alabama's butts again for the first time in, like, years. So And win a natty. So that but the one wish should just be an undefeated season. So cool. Yeah. All right. Staying on the natty train. Uh, since I got a few more years at FSU, I'm just mm. gonna go and say it. Next year, Jay Trav coming back. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Another okay. championship. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's my wish. That'd be sick. That's a good one. Love it. Yeah. That's where someone, everyone on the pod can appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I've been trying to think of one that's, like, not sports, but I just can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I would wish uh, that Lamar Jackson would find a home in New Orleans and that uh, Dennis Allen would just reach out to him and just make him feel like New Orleans is the place for him to be mm. and that we would get a uh, Lamar era uh, down in NOLA. I think that would be stupendous. It would be so much fun to watch. Um, yeah, what's up? Currently, 
in the race to get Lamar Jackson, the top two teams are the Jets, number one, and then the Saints. What? Other teams in contention are the Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, and I think I think that's it. Teams the Dolphins are, one? Teams, Dolphins might be one, but they're very low on the list mm-hmm. if they are. Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah, Saints have the second highest odds. Yeah, I mean, and realistically, and we might get into this more later, realistically, I could see us more going after Derek Carr just because Dennis Allen used to coach Derek Carr back, back way back when uh, he was with the Raiders. Um, but, anyways, I, I, I would rather see Lamar. It'd be a lot more exciting. Oh, yeah. Cooler yeah. for New, New Orleans, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're all Christians on this podcast. I'm surprised, like, no one wished for anyone to, like, get a house or, you know, come out of poverty or anything like that. We're wishing good things <laughs> you know. on good people. <laughs> I guess, yeah, but, you know. Hey, I didn't wish for that either, so I wish yeah. for a sports-related thing. Let's, let's, just, we let's don't check our hearts. Please pray for us. We don't wish, we pray. That's, uh, that's, that's different. Uh, yeah, but, okay, yeah, what's happening this week, guys? All right, so what's happening in sports, to give a little kind of rundown of what we're doing, I'll kind of combine the rundown and the what's happening segment into one today. Mm. Um, we're going to do a deep dive in the divisional round of the NFL. We're going to see who's going to make the Super Bowl. Obviously, the final four teams are set. It is the Chiefs playing the Bengals in Arrowhead and then the Eagles in Philly against the 49ers. So two very good games, two exciting matchups. Also, people want to play for Coach Prime. A lot of transfer news, people switching commitments to go play in Colorado. Is Colorado going to be legit? Uh, Sure is looking like it, but we'll talk about that later. And then our spring season is around the corner. What diamond sports are making big moves? We'll get to that next. But for now, we're going to rehash the divisional round of the NFL. So in the divisional round, first game of the weekend, (laughs) was at 4.30 on Saturday in Arrowhead Stadium where the Jacksonville Jaguars put up a good fight, Mm. made some big mistakes, but against the Kansas City Chiefs, they just could not hold on. Mm. And, you know... It's a hard-fought match for those guys. I love the Jacksonville Jaguars with everything in my fiber of my being. Um, Trevor, a wonderful leader, he proved that. And uh, you know, I, uh, you guys can go ahead and give your thoughts. I uh, very sad as of right now. Honestly, so I'm honestly just shocked at the Chiefs being back in the AFC Championship again. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just to me, you'd look at two teams that lost their wide receiver ones. The Packers and the Chiefs. How did they rebound after that? Well, the Packers fell off. They fell yeah. off a cliff. That also had to do with Aaron Rodgers just like tempting and like hinting at retirement in the offseason, whatever. But the Chiefs, on the other hand, back to back AFC championships after losing Tyreek Hill. So props to them. You guys faced a juggernaut. And again, it was just, I feel bad, but you guys held your own. I, I do get think a lot so. of people thought it would be a blowout or was- at least. Farther away than it was. It was one of the better divisional games this week, too. I think that game and the Niners-Cowboys game were the two best games of the divisional round. Yeah. Because, I mean, Giants to blow out, and then the the Bengals game, they kind of ran with it. So Yeah, I think, I mean, it was... It, it was impressive for y'all to go toe-to-toe with a team like Kansas City, I will say. Like, y'all, y'all really put up a good fight. I want to note Jamal Agnew for a second. The highs and lows of Jamal Agnew. Yeah. 131 kick return yards off of three returns. Like, the man, I mean, he was putting on excellent field position almost every time he touched the ball, which is, like, you know, that's huge for y'all's offense, especially against a team like Kansas City. However, that crucial fumble, like, you're down 27-17. Inside the 10-yard line. Inside the 10-yard line. Catches the ball. You're thinking it's going to set up, I think, second and goal. 
Um, ends up fumbling the ball, giving it back to KC, and that kind of sealed the deal from that point forward. If that turns into six points, there's no telling what happens in that game. Yeah, Jags very well could have won it. Um, that was the, the first other- turnover of the game. That was yeah. the very first one. So yeah. Trevor was, was on turnover. it, no picks until very, very late. That was that was just all honestly just them forcing the ball down. You know, you got to score at this mm-hmm. point. It's like push the ball to your. And it wasn't even a bad. It was just a really athletic interception by the Chiefs defense. And so, yeah, very complete game. I mean, it was still even winnable down to the wire. So yeah. I, I'm proud of them. Liv, what did you think about the uh, Jags game? Um, I feel like it was hard fought. I personally thought the Chiefs were going to come out on top. I think it was going to be a close game. I do think. Um, Travis Kelsey did pretty good, and it went. Oh yeah, yeah. The Jags didn't do a very good job putting mm-hmm. a stop to him, so I think that definitely had an impact on that. And yeah, that's my. That's a good spotlight on just Travis Kelsey because yeah. you think that the Jaguars, like at the end of the first quarter, they look at the stat sheet and they're like, "Holy smokes, this guy's destroying us!" Like, should we just guard him and like make him beat us with anybody else? But they just. I mean, we tried putting our best. DB on him, like Rayshon Jenkins, he's been our defensive guy, like defensive leader late this yeah. season. And I mean, it's just the sheer size of that man. Like, yeah. And I, the footwork ability that he has as a tight end is just, yeah. it's unreal. You've you know? got to have, I mean, I think if you successfully want to cover him, you have to have a top tier, elite, big, like cover linebacker. Like, that's the mold that's like right. a, I think that's the one mold that's really going to be able to cover Kelsey and cover him well. Because most of the DBs are too small to go. I mean, you saw multiple Jags DBs just like bouncing off of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sure. mean, he had more, there was the most receptions by a tight end in a playoff game in NFL history. Oh, we also saw the NFL media absolutely do what they do oh with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Anytime this man sets foot on turf, it's like wow. Jesus has come back. Yeah. It is so yeah. annoying. It is, he literally. Him and Dak Prescott made the exact same little jump pass yeah. for like a first down gain. And when Dak did it, they were like, solid, good yards for the Cowboys. But then when Patrick Mahomes did it, Chris Collins was like, he's magical. He's, he is yeah. a beautiful being. He is unlike anything we've ever seen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, man rolls his ankle, gets it <laughs> taped up. And it's like he literally just carried the team on his back. Yeah. Like, no, you rolled your ankle and you're making a show for it so you can get on the Instagram. Yeah. Like, it was it was insane watching Chris Collinsworth well, like just absolutely just give all his praise to this man. Yeah, and 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 on top of that, Chad Henney came in for a drive and scored a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, how does I mean? It's not obviously he's he's not doesn't provide the the magic that Mahomes gives, but I mean he former Jag. Yeah, went five for seven, twenty three yards, and let him let him down the field for a touchdown. I mean, it, I mean he did solid while he was in there. So, I mean, if they leave Chad Henney in the game. You know, I don't know if the outcome's much different. Maybe Mahomes and like actually gets his ankle some rest, but I mean, you know, he stays in there, creates a great storyline. I want to note one more guy. Isaiah Pacheco is an absolute unit. That yeah. guy runs like he's running down a hill, like through brick walls. I did not realize how good he was mm-hmm. until I watched him this weekend. Him and Jared McKinnon, both of them. And Jared, also Jared McKinnon. Yeah, you can't forget about him either. So yeah. they have a solid running game. And then switching to, so Liv's Bucks got knocked out by the Cowboys. So did it feel good watching the Cowboys just they just got beat by the 49ers. It was a defensive yes. battle. How did it that was. feel? Absolutely. I was I was really rooting for the 49ers there. Um didn't want to see the Cowboys go and 
worked out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those cowboys, man. They, they can't rely on them they, at all. It just, it's a, like a Stephen A. says, it's just a matter of time. Just be patient. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. cowboys are on in this league to disappoint. Yeah, but it's just because Cowboy fans. It's really just them making up this stuff in their head that the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every year. Yeah, it and it's like you're you're literally setting yourself up for failure. Like you should not be like one good game and you're a Super Bowl favorite. Like you're not. Yeah, literally. Yeah, Dak, Dak, Dak is not the guy in my opinion. I mean, I think I think he's he could still be quarterback there, and they could find success if they gave him a really good like Brock Purdy and San Fran. Like if they gave him enough weapons around him he could succeed mm. but he's not the guy that's going to be like the face of the franchise like they're trying to make him be like stud QB like that's just not the tier he's in I think Tony Pollard was a big loss in that game they lost him early yeah. on he's a stud um, and he's also going to be a free agent now which you know they the Cowboys need to pay him if they know it's good for him but um, yeah. yeah I don't I don't think that's the guy that they are wanting him to be so two things about that Brett Maher, comeback player of the season. After I'm kidding, but he missed four. He missed four field goals in the previous game, and he actually extra made points, one. Yeah. He, oh, extra points, yeah. But he actually made two field goals in this game, which is bonkers. But like to ask that of a kicker, it's like that's their job. But again, everyone does get the the heebie-jeebies sometimes. Yeah. But I think honestly, so I think we'll, we'll talk about like does Dak like should the Cowboys should. Should they trade Dak? We'll talk about that in a second. But I think people are just putting too high of expectations on Dak. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. And I think it all started from his rookie year when they went 13-3. and three. He was very good his yes. rookie year. So, like, they saw him, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we have the next, like, Tom Brady, blah, 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 blah. Because he went 13-3 and three when he was a rookie. So you think in your head, oh, he's just going to get better. As he gets more experience, but it was the opposite. And injuries was, came into play as well. And it was his team got older. Yeah. Like he, his team was in the prime of their possibilities. It was like the 49ers this year. Like yeah. The 49ers had the best team on paper yeah. this year in my And opinion. I want nothing more than for Brock Purdy to succeed, but it could very well be a Dak Prescott situation for Brock. It could be. He could have a wonderful rookie season and fall off. I mean, he could be very good in the younger mm-hmm. part of his career, like Cam Newton who was a oh, dominant force hey, in the younger part of his hey. career and then fell off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Panthers did him dirty and he just bounced around and tried to make do with what he had. But at the end of the day, it just didn't work out for Cam. And I hope it works out for Brock. And honestly, I hope that Dak finds his way because yeah. Caleb, you said he doesn't have weapons, but I mean, he's got CeeDee Lamb, Tony Pollard, hopefully. Zeke's right. supposed to be this superstar that he's not living up to be. Yeah. They just added T.Y. Hilton. They have Dalton Schultz. It's yeah, just, I mean, it's amazing. I, I, yeah, he he does. Have, I mean, I'm saying like he he. You're right. He's got Tony Pollard and he has Ceedee Lamb, and the you know those are his two big main weapons. I'm saying a quarterback of his kind of caliber might only be able to succeed in an offense like Brock Purdy's, and where he has yeah. like four or five of those. That makes dudes, sense. Yeah, right. Like he's got CMC, he's got Kittle, he's got Ayuk, he's got Debo. Um, you know, he's got a whole array of guys that he can kind of. He can solidify the run game behind him and then hit oh, yeah. easy passes to dudes who are just big and able to get open. So, I'm yeah, it might take more than just C.D. Lamb and, and Tony Pollard and a you know what was a mediocre Zeke this year, and but the, we'll see. I mean, 
We'll see what happens to him. And yeah. then pre- the best previewing the final four, though, something I was at Sir Churros today, and on ESPN I saw that like Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts had they played did. each other I saw before that. Yeah. in 2019. Yeah. yeah, they did. Oklahoma versus Iowa State. And, uh, Which was a very good game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so Hertz had 273 passing yards and five touchdowns, like, responsible for. Mm-hmm. But Purdy actually outdueled him and had nine more passing yards and six touchdowns responsible they, for. Him. That game came down. If you guys, if you guys didn't watch that game, that game final score was 42 to 41. Oklahoma wow. had a huge lead. It was like 28 to 7 at one point, or like 35 14. It was a large margin. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy led Iowa State to come back all the way to 41 42. And the only reason that they didn't win or go into overtime, or no, 40 to 42. I don't remember that, but they he got picked off when they were going for the second, like the two point conversion. Oh. That's what sealed the game for Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So, and Oklahoma was ranked, Iowa State was not. Um, so it was a very big underdog match for Brock Purdy, and it was a game where he honestly did prove himself against one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. So Brock Purdy has been showing out since even before now. Yeah. I so, think we're just discovering him. But you had a question earlier about Dak and the Cowboys. Do you want to propose that now? Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, is it would it be worth it for the Cowboys like next season to move on from Dak to trade him for somebody else? Like, I know it would, it would be really expensive to do, um, but is it worth it for that franchise to try and get somebody else in there, or do you stick it out with Dak and try and add some weapons around him? Um, I mean, that, there's no wrong answers, just whatever y'all kind of think, but. So he's under contract for two more years mm. at $49 million each year as like a cap hit. And then it looks like they can extend him if they want to. For I think, yeah, they can extend him for two more years if they'd like to uh, for like a, like a team extension or whatever. Mm. But uh, I personally, I, th- I think they have to keep him, but I think it's kind of like a Russell Wilson dilemma. Or like a Matthew Stafford on the Rams dilemma, where you know you have a good team, but you also know where your ceiling is. Yeah, like Their ceiling is not the Super Bowl uh, with Dak at quarterback. So I know Jerry Jones is not going to be happy about that because he he's not going to be alive for so much longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you got to stick it out with Dak. I think you have a solid defense in Dallas. Mm-hmm. You have a solid defense behind you, which is great. And I, to, to preface, I hate Dallas, and I hope they never win a Super Bowl for the rest of the NFL's existence. But if they want to win a Super Bowl, I mean, I think you keep your defense stout. You keep most of those starting 11 guys there. You pay Tony Pollard. That's got to be the first thing you do. True. And you go out, and you, your, your wide receiver, too, can't be T.Y. Hilton. The dude's like 45 years old. <laughs> not actually, but he's older. He's kind of lost he's his He's past his prime. He's yeah. past his prime. You got to, I mean, C.D. Lamb's not standing wide receiver one. Go out and get someone who's as good as or maybe slightly not as good as him. Have two threat, two big threats for that, and then Dalton Schultz is a solid tight end. I mean, he's proven himself, and he's done fine in a few games. So, like, you know, that's another weapon for Dak to use every now and then. But I think a, a talented weapon at the wide receiver spot and Zeke. I don't know. Zeke, Zeke's got to. I, I would not. Be he's got to go. I, I would not be paying Zeke as much as I'm paying him. I I, I honestly would get rid of Zeke and find a running back. Um, that could be a, a RB2 to, t- to Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just yeah. kind of building your offense around 
a quarterback that you're put, you're having in your mind. Like I told you guys earlier, Colin Coward said Dak Prescott is like Kirk Cousins just with a better brand. Yeah. So it's like building your offense around, okay, this guy is kind of like a Kirk Cousins yeah. like QB. Like yeah. that's his caliber, that's his ceiling, and we're going to give him weapons so that he can be, you know, even better and this offense can produce. I mean, not to not to go off the Cowboys, but I feel like the Bucks are kind of have a similar situation. They need mm-hmm. to find a QB. Definitely. Yes. Um, but honestly, like, it may be too early to tell, but we are $55 million over the cap. So <laughs> we might, Jeez, I don't know, that's... I feel like we might stick with, stick with Trask, Trask next year and see how that plays out. I feel like, I think Blaine Gabbert's contract is up after this. Oh, I was about to say, you're not, you don't like Blaine Gabbert? No, 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 no. <laughs> He's a hero. I, yeah, <laughs> but I feel like in the long run, Trask may have more potential. True. Yeah. But... I don't know, a lot of big changes because we fired our OC and eight other coaches. So. Jeez, yeah. I wait, did, wait, the Bucs fired their OC? Yeah. yeah. You guys fired Byron uh, Leftwich? Yeah. yeah. Like he, the day he, had, after he had a two, bad year. They did not get the running game working. I didn't even hear about that. What yeah. the heck? Byron Leftwich is a former Jags quarterback. Okay. A loving treasure to Jacksonville. <laughs> and now he's jobless? Well, he was in head coach co- contention last year. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, it goes like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> But to be fair, there were like four OCs fired on the same day. That is true. Like I think the Vikings fired their OC, the Chargers, Chargers. fired their OC. Basically um, all the losing playoff yeah. teams. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But about that, so Kyle Trask, before I think the bowl game, he was potentially going to be a first-round quarterback, like taken. And then in the bowl game, I think he threw three interceptions. He did not have a good bowl game. He had a horrible bowl game. Well, and then people and he realized, his, oh, he's... Uh, he had a lot of his starting wide receivers out, too. A bunch of Florida guys opted out that game. Yeah. So it's, I wouldn't, it's not all on Trask, but... I'd like to see him play. I, I'd like to see him He was him good for Florida. Shot, as yeah. much as I don't like Florida, he was a good quarterback for them for a true. while. True, yeah. true. Okay, Liv. All right, here's the question that our listeners want to know, though, about the Bucks. So was the Bucks' downfall? Did it start when Antonio Brown ran onto the field and quit the team? Did it start right then and there? Mm. I feel like <laughs> one, yeah. of, one of our guys thinks yes. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I can see why, but maybe a little before. But after I don't, that, it I just, don't think so. You don't think so? I I honestly feel like Brady should have stayed retired after the Super Bowl. He should have ended on the kept his marriage okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then the Bucks would have had a good like, um, kind of like clean slate restart yeah. year. Yeah, Giselle, it would have been a Giselle's toxic year. too. It's by just, the way, she kind of is. Yeah. They both are, but they will. Yeah, yeah. I think Tom is bringing such a terrible culture yeah. to Tampa Bay. So I don't think Terrible I think Antonio culture. I think he's just awful yeah. as a team player or like as a, as a teammate yeah, right now. Yeah. Like it, it's either you do correctly or else in Tom Brady's eyes. He he's not a good leader when the team is losing. Yeah, he's not. Correct. Yes. So. Or when he's doing bad cuz he'll just get mad. He hits like, himself he just, in the head like yeah. we'll, like or he'll scream. throw the tablet yeah. down. Yeah, and he like yeah. yells at the offensive lineman when he just threw a pick. And it's yeah. just like, bro, you're the one who made the mistake. So I would hate to be his Windows tablet. Like, <laughs> yeah. I would hate the that. Antonio Brown situation was not good for the Bucks organization. It definitely wasn't a good look for them as a front office, but I don't think that that was their demise. I think Antonio Brown did not really play such a huge role in that organization anyways. I think he just kind of filled a void that anyone really could have filled. Okay. Like, he's not superhuman. I think that yeah. if they had never picked him up, then Chris Godwin and Mike Evans would have picked up the slack. 
Yeah, but one of them, that year, it was last season, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that year, both of them were hurt at one point in time. There wasn't, a game, there wasn't a game where one of, they were both healthy. So Antonio Brown was crucial. He was, but I think that you could have also picked up almost anybody else. Sure, they picked up Julio Jones. Because they made almost everybody on that team look good. True. So yeah. I think Antonio Brown definitely wasn't the answer. Okay, so moving forward, I'm just going to talk about Bengals. They got it done. You know, they really proved me wrong. I thought they were kind of lacking against the Ravens, which they were, but they really turned it up in Buffalo. And it just shows to goes to show that when Josh Allen has to play a team that's not nine and eight with a third string quarterback, he (laughs) doesn't do well. Yes. So that's an issue that Buffalo has to fix. The future of Stefan Diggs, I think he's honestly tired of just losing in the playoffs every year like getting that far in the regular season and just like having like an AFC championship divisional round like get that first round by but still don't make it to the Super Bowl and it's not even just with Buffalo you think back to when he was with Minnesota yeah they would make playoff runs and he'd never make it to the big game the Minneapolis miracle you'd think he'd mature by now because he's doing the same thing as what he did in Minnesota and yeah just I don't know like he's been with Josh Allen the entire year yeah I don't think I don't think it's a maturity thing necessarily. I genuinely think it just means more to that man. Like, and I, he's I, a hard know, worker. He can't, you know, obviously getting really upset and you know separating yourself from the team because I, I heard some things about how he was like, but yelling not at the quarterback, room. like it's just like on the yelling, sideline he was yelling at Josh Allen, like yeah, I'm open, yeah, I'm open. Like that's not that that's yeah. That, sit that, down next to him and like let's look at the film and say, hey, I was yeah. open right here. Don't that's yell at him so for all the yeah. cameras to see. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just immediate. Like, I don't know. I think the NFL is scripted. Um, <laughs> so the script writers did a great job this year. Um, but uh, also moving forward into the championship weekend coming up, our final four teams are Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, Eagles. And I put a poll up on the Instagram for our To The House account. And a lot of people have voted on it. Uh, we've gotten 60 votes, I think. And... Um, Right now, the matchup that people are most keen to see or that they're picking is Niners Bengals. Hmm. So, Liv, you um, voted. What was your? Which one was yours? Which um, one did you vote for? I think I put Niners Bengals. You did. I keep going back and forth between the Niners Eagles, who's winning that game. Mm-hmm. But I, I have Bengals. Yeah, for sure. One of my buddies DM'd the account, and he said that he thinks that everyone is too high on the Bengals for the AFC Championship. Do you guys agree? I don't agree. I think they're disrespected. I think Joey B is just that guy. I don't know why. He's just... So, like, I love his confidence. So, like, some dumb reporter asked him a question before the game, and she's like, how long is the Bengal Super Bowl window open? Like, if you guys don't win this game or if you win it. Does it close is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, like, how long is it open for? Like, when does it close? And he said, as soon as I stop playing for the Bengals, it closes. Like that's how confident sunglasses this man is. inside. Bro. <laughs> oh my God. That is a confident man. Like I would take him on any team other than like maybe the Chiefs. Like right now, trade quarterbacks also, instantly. Patrick Mahomes did have to get an MRI on his ankle, <laughs> but whatever. That's just for show. Bro, He's yeah, not script hurt. writers. Yeah. Script writers are really doing their job, bro. <laughs> They're also, sweating. Cincinnati has never lost an AFC Championship game. I they have Jeez. Joe Burrow is 4-1. and one. All right. He's Doing three, your research. He's 3-0 and oh against Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to point out, Trevor Lawrence had an amazing stat and record come to an end this past weekend. So records can be broken. He did lose Streaks on can Saturday. Be broken. He did lose on a Saturday. So, it, yeah. There's some guy on like TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but it made its way to Instagram. And like some guy said, I bet my entire month paycheck because they told oh, me Trevor. I saw that. 
doesn't lose on Saturdays, yeah, and he's standing there looking at the TV, just like menace mode. Patrick Mahomes like, is doesn't really lose an Arrowhead. I know. So it's like, yeah. why would you like? That's the stupidest bet. Yeah, it's probably some guy who didn't know much about football. Yeah. I, like, oh my gosh, I mean, it still was a really good game. Whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, the a lot of people. Sports. Most majority, thirty nine percent is the highest of the four choices that people think it's going to be Niners Bengals. Mm-hmm. The lowest is Eagles Chiefs, the top two seeds. I think people just don't want to see that. They do. Yeah, they don't. It's a, it's Nobody a, wants the Chiefs. Everybody wants no. Joey B to go Nobody against Brock. Even though yeah. the Eagles yeah. are new, though. Eagles are new. Yeah, but, but I mean, Brock is like newer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. People want to see the Brock Purdy. People want to see Mr. Irrelevant go to the Super Bowl. I do, which, personally. I mean, I do, too. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think the Bengals, and this might be hot, but I think the Bengals, top to bottom, have the best offense out of any of the teams left. I genuinely do. I think between Joe Burrow is playing outstanding football right now. His receiving core is unreal. I mean, you have Jamar Chase. Everyone talks about Jamar Chase. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst has been playing out of his mind lately. And they have two. Hayden Hurst is a former Gamecock, by the way. Mm -hmm. They have not not one, but two really good running backs. They have... Joe Mixon, who everyone knows about. Samaj P. Ryan behind him. When Joe Mixon was hurt this year, Samaj P. Ryan came in and put up numbers just as good as Mixon's. So if they need P. Ryan, I mean, they have P. Ryan running the ball too. That dude's a force. I think that, I mean, in their O line is the one thing of concern, right? They have three guys that got hurt. They have three guys that got hurt, but the three dudes that filled in did an outstanding job against Buffalo. They did good in run blocks. So So that's an important thing to note. If they don't go up against the Chiefs, like, backup O-linemen struggle in pass blocking. That's where they start struggling. Run yeah. blocking, it's just go go after the guy in front of you. Yeah. But it's the chemistry of pass blocking that if they start going True. down against the Chiefs, that's where we'll still, like start seeing those holes. Yeah. And so, Burrow, Burrow's used to having to get rid of the ball in, like, half a second, so that's good. <laughs> True, yeah. True. <laughs> True. Bro's that dog. He's, he's, he's I, I'm excited for this. Whoever the four teams of the four teams that go to the Super Bowl, I'm pretty excited. So, looking ahead... We have some transfer portal news to get to that no, we're not going to spend too much time on, but are worthy of note. People are wanting to play for Coach Prime. For no and reason. The no. culture that he's bringing to Colorado, he's living for this media attention for sure, but it's very good. And even the coaching staff is rallying behind him. The tight ends coach for Colorado had an explosive speech in one of their team meetings that went viral. And so they're all hype. Everybody's getting very much into the culture of the Colorado Buffs. So, Naaman, what uh, transfer portal news do we have? Yeah. Uh, so, FSU fans, the sore subject, uh, Travis Hunter actually flipped on my birthday last year. So, and Dion did it again, but luckily not from Florida State. He did it from Miami, our big rival. Sweet. And Dion, in back-to-back classes, has flipped the number one quarterback cornerback in the class from a Florida school to wherever he wherever is. he is. And then he got Travis Hunter to follow him to Colorado, which makes no sense. Like these Florida boys are like, oh, it snows up there. It's like insanely cold. Well, yeah, I'll follow you there. I've never seen snow in my life, but I'll go there with you just because you're Dion Sanders. Uh, and a fun quote. So I have a friend that hates Dion, just like me. I used to love Dion. He's an FSU alum, great. But as soon as he started poaching FSU players, he's a rival to me. But he, Dion, he got asked to be on Kirby Smart's staff a while back, and this is when I think he was still in like he he wasn't coaching, and he think he was in South Florida at the time. Um, 
But uh, he said, it's too cold up there in Athens. No I'm not going to go to Athens. <laughs> yeah. And now he's in Colorado, where they're known for skiing. So, so yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Dion right now. But kids love him. Kids love him. Well, I think he just brings an explosive new perspective on this new age of what coaching in the college football world looks like. Yeah. Transfer portal, NIL. He's able to just provide, provide, provide. Whereas these older coaches, like, not saying Nick Saban's failing and Kirby Smart is failing. They're not. And it's just he is ahead of the game. I think Kirby Smart's doing it, but in more of a, like, I'm winning. Want, I'm winning. Yeah. But he's he's creating, like, a fun atmosphere. Nick Saban's not. Nick Saban yeah. is not a new age coach. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, no, no. you got to be TikTok, like, able, compatible. <laughs> but, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on the Dion saying? Like, would you want to play for Dion if you're, like, a five-star recruit right now? I just I feel like there's too much hype around it, like kind of like what we we're saying. But like, if I was a five star recruit, I mean, I would want to go to a place where I know I'm gonna win. Mm. And yeah, like, <laughs> there you're just going there because it's Deion Sanders. Like, yeah. there's and, no and they're hoping that they'll win. Yeah, like, it's you're taking a chance. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's completely fair. Yeah. Any other transfer portal news or not really nothing new? Yeah, nothing no. crazy. Uh, the transfer portal closed. And uh, FSU had a very good class. They so did. Have the same we, as I've us, before. Colorado, the like even Auburn, Auburn has taken, SMU yeah. and UCLA have the best. class. They have taken advantage of the transfer portal, which is it's really just about who can adapt right now, who can adapt to the portal, and who can provide for these NIL deals. Yeah. And we're seeing it's like the the big name schools, and then if you're in the state of Texas, so Thanks. Yeah. moving forward, our diamond sports are just around the corner. Oh yeah, we've had a lot of. Good, especially, I mean, we're like I work at the boosters in the athletic department. There's a lot of buzz around these diamond sports, baseball, softball. Everybody here at FSU is excited, and I know that college softball is one of the most hyped sports here, mm-hmm. in, like in the NCAA, other than football. Like, it is very competitive. There are some dynasties, and I'll let Naaman take over on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so FSU hosted – I'll talk about softball in the second two. No, baseball in the second two. But they hosted a softball, like, winter camp. It's kind of like they only invited 30 prospects, but it was, like, invite only, which is mm. pretty cool. And uh, the number one player in the 2027 class, again, that's far out. But for softball, you recruit pretty far in advance. Mm-hmm. Same number with one, baseball as well. Same with baseball. Number one player in the 20 – Actually, 2026 class. I'm looking at her. Her name's Ava Hodo. Uh, she was there in attendance. They had four top 10 players in the 2025 class, and then they had three other pl- top 10 players in the 2026 class in the country, all coming to Tallahassee, which is pretty cool. Um, and then they had a few current commits that are seniors in high school just come and kind of just get used to the program, introduce themselves to current players because they'll be they'll be here in August. Yeah. But it was a big showcase, kind of just getting elite players to Tallahassee, showing them how warm it is this time of year in Florida, how good our coaches are, and how good the players around them would be. And then on to baseball, uh, Link Jarrett. There's a lot of hype around him. He's our new head baseball coach. And on January 18th, so it was about five days ago, he landed the number one player in the 2027 class. Like this guy, his name's Chase Fuller. And if that last name sounds familiar, he's related to Corey Fuller, who's on staff for our mm. football team. Yeah. yeah. So uh, well, it's the son of Corey Fuller. Yeah. I met him the other day, actually. Really? Super great guy. Yeah, great guy. I think he does uh, like 
relation, more relational stuff with the players and like connecting with families and things like that. So, so good family man for sure. One, yeah. Uh, one little quick uh, baseball thing I saw today is catcher McGuire Holbrook. He just transferred here from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. He was very good at West Virginia. There was a lot of buzz about his transfer negotiations over this past offseason. Mm-hmm. He did land with Florida State. So, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and he is currently on the transfer list for top impact players. He's number 53. Sheesh. So, I mean, and a lot of people are saying that's a lot very low for him. Yeah. Like the D1 baseball buzz, like, is just. They're, like I don't like a lot of people in the comment section are like he's way better than you think like <laughs> yep. they're just they're buzzing him because he's at Florida State and I'm like nobody's seen Link Jarrett coach yet like why are you ragging on Florida State like we haven't even proved to you that this coaching change is a negative change mm-hmm. yeah 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 and uh, FSU baseball and Auburn are not ranked in the D1 baseball top 25 rankings yeah. and the Baseball America Auburn's 23. But Auburn and FSU have both been slept on in the preseason rankings. So, again, motivate, use that for motivation for the players. And um, just, again, get to work. Let the results sh- speak for themselves. Link Jarrett is an elite coach, and we're really happy to have him. I, I, am, I think people are buying into that culture as well. I think he's, yeah. he's a hard, like he's a very stern head coach. He's, he knows what he wants, and he knows how he's going to get it done. He's a confident man, I would yeah. say. I would say Mike, him and Mike Norvell – have like the same kind of demeanor, but I'd say Mike Norvell is your more Southern hospitable, like, let me take you out to lunch kind of guy. It's no, for, for breakfast, we're having a workout is Lake Jarrett's attitude. It's like, we're going to go and hit our nose to the grindstone and we're going to work hard and we're striving for a championship and nothing less. And that's the culture that these diehard baseball fans are buying into the animals of section B. If you don't know about them, in FSU baseball in Dick Hauser Stadium, oh, yeah. the sections used to be numbered by letters, but they changed it to numbers except for Section B because the fans that have been sitting there have been there since before the change. So the, they're the people that are always standing, making noise, banging drums, tambourines, doing chants. Bro, trash talking. Trash like talking. Players. <laughs> they know everything and anything about FSU baseball, and they also do their research on whatever opponent we, have faced, we face. Mm-hmm. So if you're out at Dick Hauser Stadium, FSU students – be on the lookout for the animals of Section B. They are wonderful people and very entertaining. Yeah. And then one more question. So we covered what's happening. The question we want to ask Liv is, so what's up with the Tom Brady situation? Uh, like, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Like, what's going to happen? Where do you think he's going to land? Or do you think he'll stay in Tampa? Um, I, I would bet a lot of money that he does not stay in Tampa. Mm. Um, I don't think he would. Um... I honestly have no idea where he might go. Maybe Raiders, Titans. I don't know. They're both kind of yeah. bum teams, but they both they need a quarterback. Use them. Yeah. Um, could he retire? Do you think he could just own up to that? Like he's fallen off a cliff, and like he should retire. Do you think he'd do that? I don't think he could. I I was listening to y'all's podcast last week. I think it was Matt who said it that he's just addicted to winning. Like he just. Yeah. He just needs to go out on another Super Bowl. I think that's what he's trying to do. But yeah. I think I he also likes happen. leading people. I think he likes like people listening to him and being in like in front of like fifty thousand fans yeah. or however many. Yeah. What about the Saints? Brady Tom Brady to the Saints? Saints? It could never happen. It could never happen. No, not not in division. It would never happen. No, uh, I, I wouldn't want it to, anyways. Um, 
I don't. I don't think Brady's necessarily fallen off of a cliff. I think he's still like able to play football decently. Like I think he'd still be, you know, a, like in the top half of quarterbacks in the league if he played probably towards the bottom side of that half. But uh, I still think he has talent. He just needs an line that can block better for him than the Bucks did this year. Is kind of the the vibe that I get. Uh, but no, that I he won't go to New Orleans. I don't. Really want that would him. be ugly. That would be. Ugly. I would hate to yeah. see him. In Most the, in people in New Orleans like don't really like him, anyways, because yeah. he's a divisional rival, and you rarely see, especially big name players like that, go in any division. He's like, going to the Jets. <laughs> I think it's very possible. Jets, or like you said, the Raiders potentially, or um, Ew, that's yucky. I I still campaign for Miami. I still think he could. Uh, I still think he could <laughs> better than Tua over there. I don't only. Nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. But he's better than Tua. So I'd take, but I want him in Miami is also outside of football, just dangerous. Yeah. You cannot let Tom Brady loose in the city of Miami. We saw what he even did in Tampa Bay, and Miami That's, is a much more dangerous city than he was. That was the plan. He was supposed, he was supposed to, to go, go there. Yeah. He was supposed to go with Sean Payton with too. Sean. I mean, and yeah. you know, I like Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel's a great coach. So like, but Mike McDaniel loves Tua. Uh, like he, I he thought that they had a good relationship. A he did his job as a coach. Which is to like hype up your guy, just as the Cowboys coach hyped up Mayher after missing four field goals. But I, I can guarantee you, he won't be on the roster next year. So he's doing his job, but I, I don't think McDaniel's loves Tua. I think he likes. He stands Tua. Tua. He's yeah. He's there for Tua. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Uh, But you want to go over picks? Yeah, I do, actually. So first game on the dock, we've got, obviously, this is the AFC and NFC Championship games. The Bengals go to Arrowhead Stadium to face the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. What are we thinking for that game? I'll let Naaman start that. Oh, goodness. Why are you making me pick? You're to to my left. I guess, yeah. I'm going to do – it's in Arrowhead. I'm going to go Bengals. Uh, I was – me and Olivia were uh, texting about this earlier today. And the Bengals have won the last three meetings all by three points, exactly three points. So I think they're going to do it again. I don't know how they're going to do it, if it's going to be in regular time or overtime. But they'll somehow find a way to win. Yeah, I'm with Naaman on that one. I, I have the Bengals. Um, Holmes is 0-3 against Burrow. Cincinnati's never lost AFC Championship. Holmes is – Sprained ankle. Um, True. I still, I still got him. I think it'll be a really close, close game. But I got Bengals. Yeah, it's it's taken me a long time, but I'm gonna also hop on the Cincinnati train. <laughs> uh, I, I've been kind of resistant to it just because I guess that they weren't as good as some of these other top seeds uh, in the AFC in the regular season. But I mean, they're playing good football now, which is what matters, and they're really hot right now. Yeah. Like I said, I think their offense is arguably the best um, out of the four teams left, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I think they I think they beat Kansas City in Arrowhead, and uh, Burrow goes to four zero against Mahomes. Okay, um, personally for this Bengals game, I, I don't know. I mean, we were talking about that O line. I was gonna pick the Bengals. No, I'm, I'm gonna pick the Bengals actually, but I think it's gonna be the better of the two matchups. Yeah. Oh yeah, now nah, this oh, yeah. game's gonna be close. I think uh, it's just it's a hard pick because Patrick Mahomes is just always—I mean, give or take the Bengals situation—but he just gets the job done for some reason. He just always comes out on top, and it's annoying, but it happens. And the Bengals have 
an O-line that you said can't pass block that well. Like, And I think that Chandler Jones is going to exploit that. I think that that D-line is very good. I think Jones? Chandler. Okay. I think that um, I think Travis Kelsey's always open in the checkdown. I mean, like, I I don't know. There's just things about the Chiefs that are just not fair. And but I am gonna pick the Bengals. I think. <laughs> no, but I am. I was like, are you sure you said it right? Because you're no, hyping up no, the Chiefs. I am gonna pick the Bengals, <laughs> but that's only because I think Joey B just has that confident edge yes, to yeah. just walk into somebody. He did it in Buffalo. He walked in on a snowy a- afternoon and just took it. Like yeah. in yeah. Buffalo, that's their habitat, and you just won yep. in that situation. So yeah, I'm gonna pick the Bengals. I, I would also like to add, it does snow in Cincinnati as well. It does, but like in <laughs> Buffalo, like lives for the snow. That's like this yeah, is yeah, our advantage. Like you know what I mean? And also, it's like the Demar Hamlin like re, like re, revenge game. Like yeah. he was at the stadium doing the like heart thing. Yeah, I thought the, I thought their NFL scriptwriters were gonna have the Bills in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like. <laughs> But yeah, no, the, the Bengals are hot right now. And then what's the other game? Oh, the second, real quick before we get to the second pick, I just want to mention something real quick. FSU basketball does play Miami on Tuesday in Tallahassee. So if you're an FSU student, Miami's ranked number 20. We yeah. can upset them. They're favored to win by four points right uh, now. Miami also lost to Duke, who is on a decline right now, not doing as well as Duke normally does. So yeah, go out to the Tucker Center. Have a good time. Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Tuesday, 7 o'clock. And if you're not in Tallahassee, it's on ESPNU. Yes. Sweet. Okay. Second game in the NFC Championship, the 49ers are going to Philadelphia to face Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Oh, me? Oh, oh, gosh. Um, I'm So, just watching Brock Purdy play, it's hard to actually pick him against a a good offense. The Cowboys didn't have a good offense. Uh, but I believe the Eagles do, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say not so fast to a statement uh, Confusioni made earlier about the best offense left in the playoffs. I think it's the Eagles, and I think it's solely based on they have the best O line left. They have a really good quarterback that's just uh, like he's just a thorn in your side. Like he can throw it, he can run it, and when he's r- dropping back to throw, he can beat you by running it, or he can extend the play. They have two solid running backs. They have two amazing receivers. So I'm going to go Eagles. And their defense is just, it's a nasty yeah. defense. It, it reminds me of the Saints defenses, where it's just like a nasty defense where you really don't want to play them. The 49ers have the better defense in the matchup, but I think the Eagles have the better offense and the better quarterback, which is the main thing. I can trust Jalen Hurts in that moment. So Yeah, I keep going back and forth. I keep... Deciding on one and then changing my mind, but um, I don't know. Flip, I, flip a coin. Flip a I know. Coin. I feel like right now I'm saying Eagles. I was saying 49ers and then Eagles, but um, I feel like if Eagles defense just contains people like Christian McCaffrey and they get what needs to be done, they could do it, but I don't know. It's a, yeah. I don't think it's a bad pick. The Eagles also blew out the Giants last round. The 49ers yeah. struggled with the Cowboys. Just going to throw that out there, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a great game. And I, I've I've said the Niners for a while now. They've been my Super Bowl prediction, so I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to stick with the Niners in this game. The Eagles scare me, though. This is by far going to be Brock Purdy's biggest test of the year. But I, I think it's also going to be Philly's biggest test of the year. I think this is the best team they've played mm-hmm. so far. I think this is going to be a challenge for them 
defensively, finally. I mean, not maybe not necessarily Brock Purdy since he is a rookie, but just covering all the weapons that they have out there on the field is going to be tough. If San Fran can get a run game going, I think Philly's defense – I think San Fran's offense will give Philly's defense a run for their money. Uh, I think uh, the 49ers' defense also matches up the better than anyone else with Philly's offense. I think if you want to take a defense to try and keep this Philly team to you know maybe even like 24 points, I think this San Fran team is going to be the one to do it. Um, this is going to be a great game. I just hope – the Niners can establish a run game early. I think that mm-hmm. will be the key for them. Getting Purdy yes. comfortable, getting him being able to hit some short passes, uh, slants to Debo, things like that, and then getting him more comfortable as the game progresses. I think that's going to be key to them winning. Uh, but it's going to be a tough game against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I um, But one name we didn't mention on that Niners defense is Fred Warner. Beast. That guy is a beast. That guy is a dog. And that man had two picks against Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like, and he's just not afraid. Like, he's not afraid of anybody. Like, even after the game when they beat the Cowboys, the first thing he said was, take me to Philly. Like, he wants that smoke. And I think the defense can really carry this team like they did last week. You know, I think the offense is high-powered, and I think the offense can do good at times. But I think this defense is very consistent. And they're not afraid of a challenge. And I'm excited to see how these teams go into this game like what is the who sets the tone mm. in this game i'm excited to see who it is but as of right now i'm going to take the 49ers because that defense is the scariest in the nfl mm. and i think defense wins championships so i have one last pick that we all have to pick between okay who do you think will be the 49ers starting qb week 1 you have three options purdy uh shoot Oh boy. Lance. Lance or Garoppolo. Who do you got? I can start. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Garoppolo actually. Just cuz he's led them to the Super Bowl. He's inexpensive and I think Purdy will struggle against I think he'll eventually lose to the Eagles and I think I don't think he's the guy. He's not going to show it in the playoffs. So I, I'm going to go Garoppolo. I agree. I I think that Brock Purdy has to win the Super Bowl for that conversation to change. Or make yeah. it. Make it. He's got to beat the Eagles. I mean, he's got to uh, yeah, make the Super Bowl and that conversation changes. But right now, Jimmy G has done everything Brock Purdy has done. But, I mean, Jimmy G didn't have the weapons that Brock Purdy has. Yeah. Jimmy G didn't have Christian McCaffrey in his backfield. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G didn't have a healthy Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Like, Jimmy G didn't have Fred Warner... Carrying well, the him defense, on the defense also wasn't this good when he was yeah. playing too. And it so was good, but not it was good. good. But I'm just saying, like Jimmy G, give put him under center and let's see what he can do with this yeah. high. And he's inexpensive. Like yeah, I think uh, the first round uh, Lance, he has a higher contract than Jimmy G, I believe. So. Yeah. So I, I would stick with him until Brock Purdy proves me otherwise. I think Purdy's cheap too. His <laughs> rookie contract, cheap. Purdy's yeah. cheap as well. I mean, I'll just play devil's advocate and go with Purdy. I mean, I think. Especially, especially if he wins the NFC Championship, I think if he makes it to the Super Bowl, he's a starter week one, no doubt. I think because I mean, taking a team all the, winning three playoff games as Mister Irrelevant, mm-hmm. leading that yeah. team the way that he has, I mean, he's the same. He's pretty much doing the same thing Jimmy G would do. I mean, honestly, he's game managing. He didn't throw any touchdowns last game, but he didn't throw any picks either. True. So I mean, he's not turning the ball over. He's taking care of the football. He's hitting the guys that he needs to hit and the passes that you know that he needs to have to win games. Um, I could see it happening. I really could. And I mean, I could see, uh, gosh, it, it's hard to see Jimmy G backing up Brock Purdy, but I feel he, like he would be traded. 
I was going to say, the Niners yeah. go with Purdy. Garoppolo could be a starter somewhere else. For sure. And that would be they, fun they to watch. Because that's uh-huh. just wasting away a potential draft. Like, they yeah. could get a draft pick for him. I think one advantage to Purdy, I'll just say this real fast, over Garoppolo is I think Purdy does have a little bit more athleticism. He's a little yes. bit better with his legs. Agreed. Um, yes. Which is an advantage to Purdy that you don't really get uh, with Jimmy G. Love Jimmy G, though. But Purdy is scared though. He's got to he's got to get comfortable because yeah. against the yeah. Cowboys, the second that like anyone was like breaking the pocket, like getting kind of in his business, he'd throw away, throw away, or just he just get yeah. scared. Well, this this Eagles pass rush is going to be a huge Ooh. test for him. But I mean, granted, throwing it away. For a rookie, throwing it away, getting it, throwing it out of bounds, and taking it to the next round without losing yards or pick is better than throwing a pick, better than fumbling it, better than taking the sack. So that that shows a little bit of maturity early on as well. So there's, you know, give and take with that. I say, I say, Jimmy G. I think Purdy has to prove himself in these next. I mean, this next game and if he makes it to, to the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, to really have that conversation, like you were saying, mm. I think he needs to himself more and gain more confidence. Yeah. Can I just throw out a hypothetical? I know we're probably yeah. we're reaching the end. Imagine if the 49ers used that pick that they used on Lance. Because I think we can all say now that the Lance pick was a waste. A, 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 a waste. Yeah. They didn't need it. They had quarterbacks that could do it. What if they used it on like a cornerback or a, just a, an amazing wide receiver one or an amazing D lineman or on an amazing somebody left like, tackle? What year? What what year was Trey Lance drafted? Do we know? Well, let me look Because I think if he's in the same draft class of who I'm thinking of, then the 49ers wasted a very good pick. They had the number he was the number three pick, right? He was. He was number three pick in twenty twenty one. Hold on. Would that be Jamar Chase that they passed up? Oh then? no. <laughs> that would be awful. So same draft as Trevor Lawrence. Wait, no. Hold on. Okay. Oh boy. Here, you guys talk about something I'm else. So, I, I think that it's the same draft class as Jamar Chase. Indeed. I could be wrong. But if it is, then they wasted that because Jamar Chase is very, very good. I mean, you put Jamar Chase on that team and it's just that's, over. That's unreal. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's because I, I mean, I'm trying to think about it right now. Like, who else could they add? Like, where are they lacking? And I mean, they're really not lacking much of anywhere. Not I really. Think of off the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, maybe they could get a beef up the O line a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so he was drafted number three overall. Oh, this hurts to see. Number four was Kyle Pitts. Number five was Jamar yeah. Chase. Yeah. Number six was Jalen Waddle. Patrick Sertan went nine. Devonta Sertan Smith went ten. Parsons went twelve. Oh my god. Imagine gosh. Micah Parsons in a Niners uniform. Jeez. That'd be nice. That'd be really nice. After for, that, there's the there really isn't. Travis Etienne went twenty five too. Well, that so. was a steal, in my I, opinion. I get that, but they could have. They that was actually the Rams out. pick Just, that we took for Jalen. The 49ers could have been even better than what they are now. They could, uh, but they they felt out. Kyle Shanahan felt that he needed a quarterback, which Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius. He is, and he, I, is. Yeah. he saw something there. I'm not sure what, but yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up episode twenty of To the House. Thank you for everybody who has been listening this far. We are so grateful to have guests like Olivia on and include all of our friends on this podcast. We love doing it every single week, and we can't wait to come back next week to cover more sports coverage. As always, this is Naaman, Caleb, and Caleb signing off. Woo!